good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Freak. Well, that was two hours ago. The Your Folk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. Happy Flag Day. And to all you Army guys out there, happy birthday. June 14th, 1775. Birthday of the U.S. Army. Anywho... This program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. And I'm just going to stop there and say, check out the websites, yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R, D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com, and our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. And when you're there, hit the uh, Hyperverse and the Luminaria Global tabs. There's lots of information on both of them there. If you have any questions, hit the chat or hit the contact me button, and we'll do everything we can to uh, get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Uh, enough said about that stuff. And uh, let's see here. Keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and/or guests, and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency. Or here we go again, the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we see in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Alrighty, first off, a couple of updates. Number one, my phone number ported over to my Volta wireless SIM card at 11 a.m. this morning. And I have made phone calls with it, and believe it or not, I have more bars now. I've got a stronger signal with Volta on the, um, let's see, which one, which network is this one? It's the, uh, well, T-Mobile. I'm sorry, is is this truth frequency? <laughs> <laughs> you know when i'm on truth frequency i keep saying eurofolk and when i'm your i keep saying i'm just all kinds of dyslexic today <laughs> but uh, no this is not truth frequency this is eurofolk oh goodness yeah Good we're just know. sitting in here eurofolking around yeah i know i've been doing that all day it seems <laughs> i'll wake up here about uh 2 30 Oh, goodness. But anyway, I was just saying, Robert, I'm glad you're there. Um, I didn't see you earlier. I um, wanted to give an update. Uh, my, my number ported over to my Volta SIM card, and I am now on the Volta wireless system. Uh, I have Praise a better signal now than I did with the Spectrum. And uh, I've made phone calls, and they work just fine. I've got a couple of little things i got to kind of figure out as far as the Do Not Disturb. I think the Do Not Disturb setting still shut off the volta app as well as it did the other one so i think that's going to work um i have to do some checking on my uh on the on the iphone app it had a thing for um favorites that you could set to ring through when you were on do not disturb i don't know if that's going to be available to me through the volta system you all right robert Robert making exhalation sounds yeah i think so Sorry, sorry. I thought I thought I muted out. Sorry I didn't that. realize I was boring you so much. <laughs> at least it no, no, it's beyond. at least I'm dropping f bomb or nothing. <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> or fart. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the um, app works fine. Uh, just gonna have to do some fine tuning to see how to get everything adjusted from the old 
uh, Apple uh, apps because the Volta system has its own calling and surf. You know, it's not. It's got the the Volta app is for phone calls and text messages as well as the VPN system, I believe, all in wrapped up into one. And um, so you do not use the regular call and text apps that come on your iPhone as you would with any other service. The Volta one directs it directly to their call center and finds their system and makes sure that you're going through the encryption and all that stuff so you can't be tracked. And as a result, you know, there's a little, there's some idiosyncrasies that we got to work out. But so far, everything seems to be working just fine. Uh, call quality is excellent. Um, haven't had any incoming calls yet. Hopefully there won't be any uh, during the show. Uh, if they are, then I know my uh, uh, do not disturb function isn't working. But um, anyway, that seems to be working okay. Um, trying to think if there was something else I was going to talk about. Can't remember now. And a brain freeze. Oh, well. Now, what yes, about that uh, app deal? Mm-hmm. What about it? You, you said it kept logging out. You had to reopen it or something. That, I figured that out a couple of weeks ago. It was because I had it on two phones. I had my Volta SIM card in my old iPhone 8, and I, had the, I also had the app installed on my new iPhone 13, so that when, uh, you know, now that the thing is ported over, I moved the SIM card to my new phone. But what happened was when I would log into the app on one phone, it would shut down the app on the other phone. So that's what was going on. Now that mm. my phone that I'm the only phone I'm using is the 13 and I'm logged into the Volta app, it stays on all the time. It doesn't log me out anymore unless I purposely log out. Uh, so okay. that's what the problem was. Okay. It was just logging in on a different one would log you out on the, on the device you weren't using, which makes, makes sense. sense. And um, so I'm good yeah. there. Uh, so basically, most of the issues are straightened out. And I'm, so far, I'm happy with the service. Everything just looks like it's working well. And the yeah. fact that I've got, you know, calling to 200 countries um, through their system is pretty slick. The one thing you got to remember is if you're calling a non-Volta number, you have to use the Volta out button when you're calling as opposed to the regular Volta in system or in network. You know, so you have to select whether you're staying in the network or out of the network um, for, you know, I, I'm hoping down the road an update will kind of merge those two together so the system will figure out where it's going. But uh, it's no big deal. Jim? Yes, sir. Hey, Jim. Uh, if if you make one of those calls second. to the Volta out, uh, it's important for people to know that those calls will not be encrypted. Um, your location may not be traceable, but the communication itself won't be encrypted because the other handset won't support it. But right. just to give you an update on my Volta phone, um, I was able to get on eBay. I did find uh, did find one that was unlocked. Was was it a Volta I, phone or just a phone that you got that you're using the Volta? Just a just a phone. Okay. Um, I can't afford the Volta phone, so I just got mm -hmm. um, and unlock vte phone pop the sim in there yep. i turned the phone on mm -hmm. and uh it walked the phone itself walked me through the setup it automatically found the volta network mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, hotspot the mobile hotspot works beautifully i've got high speed mobile network wherever i want to go yep so and, and it's all working great yeah 
you know, so far I've been happy. I've been happy. Um, like I said, I really haven't had a chance to try it a lot because of the situation. I was on two different phones for the last couple of months, but now everything is, you know, the, there the way it should be. And I've actually got three phone numbers that call into this phone. Um, maybe four, uh, I can't remember. I've got the Volta number. I've got my regular number. I poured it over and I also have a magic Jack number that comes mm-hmm. in. It also forwards to my number that I just have ported over. Um, and I have a Skype number as well. Um, <laughs> and they will all work through the Volta network. Yeah. They'll all call, you know, the Skype one only comes in on Skype, but the, uh, the other three will actually call into the Volta app and, um, that works fine. Yeah, so. but you can you can also um, connect Skype to the Skype network through the Volta phone. Well, I'm sure you can. <laughs> yeah. And the only problem that I had um, getting my Volta phone working was um, I think I uh, hurt the feelings of my other two cell phones because between the time that I ordered the Volta phone and got the sim installed my other two phones melted down the <laughs> the batteries started expanding and Ooh. pushed out the screen and everything else so wow. yeah they, they must said have okay really fine if you don't want to use us we're not gonna let you use us what do you think of that <laughs> <laughs> oh well you know some phones just can't handle rejection <laughs> really yeah that's crazy but now i've got a spare so my uh I can use my other iPhone now with my uh, as a uh, screen for my um, uh, drones, or if my wife breaks hers, I can just take the SIM and put it into mine, and she'll be good to go because we've got exactly they're exactly the same phones we got at the same time. So she's got a spare if she needs it, or I've got a spare if I need it. If I break my 13, I can just plug it into this. But hopefully, I'm going to be ordering one of the uh, Volta phones here sometime Sorry. soon. Uh, and I'm still waiting to hear back from, uh, Mark, uh, which is, uh, uh, David, um, Sinclair's, uh, media guy. And once I hear from him, we'll get, uh, David's, uh, scheduled in to be a guest on the show and we will, um, see what he has to say to us directly, but, uh, Sarge. Soon. Yes, sir. Yeah. I have two questions. Paul mm-hmm. answered the first one on, uh how to get another phone because I can't, I, I don't want to spend a lot of money, number one, because I don't even know if I'm going to have a signal. So, right. um, but the other thing that, that occurs to me is, you know, when you have an Android, you're sort of stuck with Gmail, right? And Not what happens really. to that? Not really. Just because you got Android doesn't mean you can't use a different, um, you know, what I do, I've got, you know, a dozen different email addresses. And my iPhone has uh, has an Apple Mail app on it, but you can get, uh, I'm pretty sure they make like Thunderbird that you could download to your, um, to your Android. I'm just guessing. I'm not positive. But I know there are different uh, email clients out there, which are just apps that handle email. And you plug in your specifics, you know, your in- incoming and outgoing mail routers or um, servers and stuff. And basically, you know, you can use virtually any app that you have available to you uh, on the phone. You don't have to use Gmail. Uh, you can use whatever you want. Um, so that, that won't be a problem. 
What I happens to the Gmail address? Gmail address goes away if you don't use it. Yeah, if you it. don't use um, it. I well, use ProtonMail as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's where my friends have all gone for mm-hmm. security, I guess. But um, I, I, I guess I don't completely understand. Um, but um, if it's not an issue, I'll, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, it, you know, as far as email goes or web browsing, um, you shouldn't have any trouble at all. You can use any email you want. Uh, and there, like I said, I'm sure there are other email client programs or apps that you can download to an Android phone that, you know, allow you to use any email you want. And you can, you don't have to mess with Gmail. One quick comment. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Paul. I think, I think if you get Google+, Plus, you can set up email forwarding. So anybody that sends an email to your Gmail account, Gmail will forward it to your ProtonMail account until everybody updates their address book and then the gmail account can just go away there you go so yeah and if you weren't using gmail in the first place you know then you don't have a problem you just you know make sure that people have whatever email you're using right yeah but just because you have an android phone doesn't mean you have to use gmail i I thought it was part of the operating system and, and there was no way around it no well, it might be in there. That doesn't mean you have to use it. Okay. It's just like, um, oh, what's the, you know, like turn signals on a car. <laughs> Most cars come with turn signals, but you don't have to turn them on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I guess that's one way of looking at it. But uh, the, the only thing you can be sure of is that you will get in less trouble by having Gmail on the phone and not using it than you would by having turn signals on your car and not using them. <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> I only use them if there's other people around. <laughs> there you go. You have there a tree falls in the wood and there's nobody there to hear it. Did it really happen? You know, if you, if you don't turn a signal on and there's nobody there to see it, did you not turn it on? <laughs> Saves the life of your bubs too. You know? Except for that cop hiding in the bushes. Yep. There you go. So, <laughs> that's like, you know, when I'm driving down the road, if I turn and go into a left turn lane, I don't turn my signal on. You know, I said, you know it'd, it'd be a violation of law to go straight from that left turn lane. So my being in that lane is the signal that you, all the signal you need to know I'm going to turn left. <laughs> yeah. And it's a safe bet if a cop walks up to the driver's window on your car uh, he is not going to break out in song going, have you used your Gmail today? <laughs> uh, About a year ago, a friend, uh, son of mine, he's down in, uh, in LA, uh, he was on some, you know, subdivide street somewhere and, uh, he got pulled over and he got a ticket for not using his turn signal. It was 275 bucks. Ugh. California. Owie. The, I have the no last idea experience what the I had are. with California was I was sitting in a truck stop and the truck drivers that were leaving uh, were getting pulled over by the cops. And eventually we found out that if the steer tires of the truck crossed the sidewalk um, before the driver buckled his belt. <laughs> they would pull them over and write them a hundred and fifty dollar ticket. 
Oh, God. Hence the term tax collector. Gotta love California. Do you? (laughs) Well, at least until it, you know, the San Andreas fractures and it falls into the ocean. Yeah. And we give it a kick and say, see ya. (laughs) I think what's going to fracture first is the piggy bank. Well, that's already gone. (laughs) But, you know, I got to think it. If California does does crack at the San Andreas and falls into the ocean, there goes Hawaii. Tidal wave. Might bump into it. And, you know, according to uh, what's his job, What's his name? That idiot in Congress. Uh, he might. They, California might bump into Hawaii and make it flip over, capsize, and everybody will drown. Well, you know, there's a distinct possibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you know, I I would think that was funny, but I actually, when I first came out to New York, I actually uh, was hanging out with somebody that thought islands floated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she couldn't they got understand an anchor that holds them in place. They, how they wound up in the same place. Well, well that's why anchored. they never found them. That's why they never found the castaways on Gilligan's Island. Because the moving. damn thing kept floating around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'll, I'll stop. I'll... And hence the words from the great American um, uh, philosopher, Ron White, you can't fix stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I heard that idiot, what's his name, um, man, oh, for I can't remember his name, but the first time I saw the video of him questioning that admiral about Guam, <laughs> flipping over, capsizing, because there's too many people on it, I said, yep, we get the government we deserve. I don't remember the guy's name, but I do remember the look on the face of the guy he asked. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that guy was doing everything he could to keep a straight face and saying, you idiot, how did you end up in Congress? Well, that's exactly how. That's exactly how he got in Congress, right, yeah. Was that Murr? Go ahead, Murr. I think his name is Johnson. He replaced Cynthia McKinney, right? Yeah, it was Johnson. um, What was his first name? Was it, no, not Cal, um... Oh, man. I usually have it right on the tip of my tongue, but for the life of me, I can't remember it now. But he, I mean, he looked like he was tripping in court. You know, kind of, it's the old Cheech and Chong thing. You know, the dude is just, you know, everything but going, no stems and seeds that you don't need. <laughs> you know, that dude was fried. And uh, he's like that all the time, apparently. You know, I don't know if they keep him drugged up or if he's just naturally that stupid all the time or, you know, if he has to work at it. You know, I'm not sure how the deal goes, but, yeah, that Emerald was just, you know. Hank. Hank, yeah, that's it. Hank Johnson, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, what a goofball. And there's, you know, there's more of them. He's not the onlyest one. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just amazing. And that's the thing. They put these, well, look at AOC. They purposely put an idiot in there so they can pull the strings and she's not going to argue with them. She'll just do whatever they tell her to do. Uh, but she with, has uh, Sephardic ancestors. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And an internet full of photos from when she was bartending. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be interesting to get some of those makeup t-shirts. 
wear them to wear them out there and <laughs> oh boy goodness gracious what a man is where to go with the conversation from here <laughs> but i don't know paul if you knew that the fault that runs from northern california all the way up to vancouver it's like 700 miles long they say that one is storing 10 to 100 times more energy than the san andreas and the last time that went was about 300 years ago and it's due and they said that was recorded in japan hmm. wow in the form of water <laughs> and that would that would send washington and oregon off into the ocean too Oh, yeah, the last time it slipped, it, uh, you know, it, it when Lewis and Clark got there, the uh, Indians were still crying about it. Hmm. Idaho would be Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the ocean good point. Oceanfront property. Good of mine, Daniel Fish, he'll have oceanfront property. <laughs> oh, let's pray for the day. You know, it would be one thing if we got down to like 47 states like that way. We could, you know, just put a couple of X's on a couple of stars on the flag and just go on. <laughs> uh, good grief. Well, there's a lot of those maps that uh, I guess that one that John Moore promoted was what they show the Navy guys when they come out of the submarine crews. And that's well, why they say there's, a... more, there's more Navy guys in the uh, on the, uh, uh, the uh, Arkansas Plateau uh than anywhere in, in in the country as a group yeah. and uh, that map shows the mississippi about a statewide the east coast and the west coast gone yeah those are that wouldn't be all that uh, you know I'd, I'd hate to lose north carolina south carolina georgia florida well but virginia not so much anymore <laughs> maryland yeah, you can go new york Rhode Island, move inland. <laughs> oh, good grief. Taxachusetts, you're gone. Oh, Maine and Vermont? Hmm. Yeah, knowing, knowing our government, they just showed them uh, and told them the best place to live so they keep track of them better. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Murrow was nice enough to send me this, so I'm going to play this just for giggles here. Now, this is a, uh island that at its widest level is what 12 miles from shore to shore and at its smallest level uh, or smallest uh, uh, location it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other is that correct I don't have the exact uh, dimensions but uh, to your point sir I think Guam is a small island. Very Relative. small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 20, 24 miles long, about 7 miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island and about, 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And... Um, I don't know how many square miles that that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so 
overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize? Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh, the Guam population, I think, currently about 175,000, and again, with 8,000 Marines and their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. And, uh, and also, uh, things like the uh, environment, uh, the sensitive areas of uh, the environment, coral reefs and those kinds of things, and I know that, you know, lots of people don't like to think about that, but, you know, we didn't think about global warming either. And um, now we do have to think about it. And so uh, I'm concerned from an environmental standpoint whether or not Guam is the, the, the best place to do this relocation, but it's actually the only place. Is that correct? Uh, this is the best place. This is the farthest west U.S. territory that we own. And, uh, you know, I, this is part of our nation. Uh, and in readdressing the forward presence and posture importance uh, to Pacific Command, uh, Guam is uh, vital to this decision. Oh, man. Previews of coming attractions. That dude's two years older than me. But first, let's... He was 55 years old at the time that recording was made. <laughs> I wish the camera would have panned around the room and look at some of the facial expressions on the people. It's like, you know, what a moron. <laughs> Maybe I could get elected. No, you got to pass an IQ test, and if you're too high, they won't let you in. Oh, boy. Yeah, the show's going downhill today. I don't know if we can dig out or not. <laughs> he was he was obviously collecting information so that he could, you know, make proper laws for us. <laughs> oh man. He's an insult to gray hair, you know, wooden desks. <laughs> and every oh person in history that's been called an idiot. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. But, like I said, you know, that dude, he sounded like it. He looked like he was tripping. But, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, you get elected, maybe they, you know, part of the thing is a frontal lobotomy. Uh, he may have grown his on his own. <laughs> Started early, I don't know, got into the program. Yeah, you know, that's when I got to Quantico with the Marine Corps and guys that have sh had already had their hair cut. So, what's the matter with you, boy, trying to get into the program early? <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, yeah, I was going to talk about uh, red flag laws, but covered that on the morning show. So, you can go over there and listen to the replay if you want. <laughs> had a uh, clip from Tucker Carlson. You know, say what you want about Tucker, but he did a pretty good job on that particular one and uh covered it pretty well and the thing is with these these red flag laws you know it just shows you you know they have a shooting you know two and a half three weeks ago alleged and i still i don't believe it happened i think it was just a made for tv movie i don't believe anybody died i haven't seen any proof one way or the other i haven't heard any information so far that showed any viability you know every time something came out it was didn't match the lineup you know all the the time frame was way off um just none of it made sense 
And but you know, we knew as soon as it happened. Well, what's the next thing that's going to happen? They're going to be dancing in the blood, and even if it's fake, and calling for more gun control. And the thing is, you know, they use. You know, they have slowly but surely they've graduated down to elementary schools. You know, before it was high schools. Um, uh, out in California, one of the first ones back in 80, 88, 89, uh, I think that one was an elementary school. Then they went back up to high school. Then they came back down because they realized little kids are really the place where the emotions kick in. And uh, so then you had Sandy Hoax, you know, again, what, first, second, third grade or something like that, allegedly. And uh, many of whom are alive today and doing just fine. Uh, you know, that's one thing to get shot in a school shooting, but you got better. You know, that's good. But, um, you know, they do these things, and it's they do it this way because people keep falling for it. You know, they, they host a mass shooting that is faked, and then uh, every time the call for gun control, when the call should be, when on earth are we going to get rid of these stupid uh, gun-free school zones? so that the adults there can carry lawfully and protect themselves and their students when they're going to get rid of all the glass doors and windows and just make them solid doors with bolts <laughs> so it would take a breaching charge to get into each classroom you know you do that and then like i said you put up a sign out front instead it says you know gun-free school zone say this place is occupied by adults who are armed and able to, you know, defend themselves and their students. Guaranteed, there won't be any shootings in those schools. You put put one next door to it that says gun-free school zones, and the bad guy will go in there 100% of the time. Problem solved. No new laws, nothing to restrict the uh, rights of law-abiding citizens or Americans. Just common sense. <laughs> But nobody seems to have any of that. We just have to pass more laws that don't work, that violate the Constitution and people's rights. It's all crazy. And again, you know, the red flag laws is what they're going for now. And last year, Supreme Court ruled 9-0 to zero that red flag laws are unconstitutional and you can't do them. Even with that, what's going on now? Congress is going to pass one. Guaranteed, it's going to go through... And the Crypt Keeper-in-Chief, old Sleepy Joe, is going to sign it. And we need to ignore it. And we need to hold their feet to the fire. And it needs to be publicly ignored. But, uh, you know, that's all part of the program. It's just one more way to try and disarm people. And at the same time, shut off all the uh, supplies. You know, it's when you have a, uh, a PSYOP and you're, you're waging war against the people. You have to do all these things. you got to get rid of their guns. You have to get rid of their means of survival, the food and fuel and everything else, which they're doing. People need to realize that we are at war, <laughs> and the U.S. government has declared war on us. And we need to uh, act as such. But, you know, most people are, pizza's hot, beer's cold, game's on, go Bucks, Or what whatever kind of pizza? your team of choice is. what do you think about that new law that you guys passed up there in Ohio, the Buckeye State, that allows teachers to be armed. I haven't even heard about it. 
<laughs> yeah, it passed. I don't pay uh, any attention to it. <laughs> My thing is, you know, every law, every gun law on the books is unconstitutional. Mm. I carry everywhere I go. And unless I'm going to be issued a security guard when I enter a private company or whatnot, I'm still carrying. Mm. And, you know, I'll be hailed as a, uh, a hero if somebody comes in and tries to shoot the place up. Of course, I'll ignore it unless they point the gun at me. I say, you know, if they're if they're banning things, then hey, that's their problem. I'll I'll unholster if I'm at, da- at risk myself and screw it the rest of the way. But uh, you know, if they did pass one of those, hmm, that's okay. Yeah, um, I I did hear recently they passed a, a so-called constitutional carry, which. If it was true constitutional carry, what they would have done is repealed all the gun laws in the state. They didn't do that. <laughs> they just no. passed another statute saying it was okay to exercise your right, which is, again, I ignore it. I had somebody, a buddy of mine, I haven't heard from in quite a while. He just sent me a text the other day. Hey, did they pass this? I, said, I think so. I said, but I don't think it's gone into effect. It was like a 90-day period before it goes into effect before you okay the constitution will kick back in in 90 days <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Sarge. So, so uh yeah i said i don't know anything more about it because i've uh, ignored it and i've been carrying since 1978 uh you know but once i got my first gun i started carrying it and you know, hey sarge the rest i've been um I've been watching TV lately, and the New York governor, who I believe is either a cousin or a sister to Nancy Pelosi or some garbage like that, uh, <laughs> she is planning on at a government at a governor level uh, passing legislation in New York that covers everything that the feds are trying to do, whether it's constitutional or not. Oh, Micro stamping yeah. the bullets, um, red flag laws, mm-hmm. um, extensive background checks. Uh, and also breaking the supply chain for assembly parts like uh, pins, bolts, mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, uh, and I mean, she could do that. She she could do that if she wanted to. And I would happily sign on board and vote for her again next time if she will do one thing. <laughs> if she yourself. will retire, <laughs> give every single one of her bodyguards early retirement. <laughs> if she'll do that. I'll even vote for her ass next time. Let's 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 uh, promote a practice what you preach law. <laughs> there you go. Sounds like a plan to me. Get rid of all the guns. Well, guess what? You know, yeah, you know, uh, that's what I really get. I was on my morning show. I was reading the uh, the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, which I have memorized. You know, it says uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, and this is the most important sentence in the history of founding documents, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. What that means is, if the people can't do it, the government can't do it. If I can't go next door and stick my hand in my neighbor's pocket and take his money, if I can't take his guns, if I can't take his food, if I can't take his car, I can't take his wife or his kids or anything else that my neighbor has, neither can the government. 
And that is something that is so basic and so straightforward, but people in this country just don't have a grasp of at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that's a really great way of thinking about it. That's the only way to think about it. You know, years yeah. ago, I used to, when I was working at gun shows, I used to sell a book called the real, uh, it was called RAM, R-A-M, the Real American Manifesto. And in the subtitle was Common Sense. <laughs> uh, ain't too common anymore. And uh, it was, it, that was the basic premise of the whole book. If your individual person can't do it, government can't do it. You know, police get their ability to carry concealed from the people who employ them. Nothing more, nothing less. If we can't do it, the hired help can't do it. And that's what it boils down to. Straightforward and cut and dried. That's how you look at things. I can't do it. You get your powers from me. I can't give you something I don't got. <laughs> Simple as that. But the thing is, is people have let themselves be flipped upside down. We've stopped being the the sovereigns in the case, and we've started been, being the serfs in the case. Just read Roger's book. <laughs> you know, we went from, you know, God created man, man created government, then government created slaves. And on top of that, they flipped things over and fooled the people that were at the top to make them think they were slaves. So, you, oh, we can't do that. They won't let us. We have to ask permission. Why? <laughs> you know? That's the whole craziness of this whole fiasco we have found ourselves in. And it all goes back to the fact that we have been dumbed down. Uh, all the schooling for the last hundred and some years, the fluoridated water to numb us down from the neck up, and nothing gets people riled anymore. You know, the other side will come out and, and burn things down because they're paid to, <laughs> for the most part. You know, the, at least the provocateurs are. Then everybody else comes out of the woodwork like cocky roaches and, and, you know, breaks the doors down and steals all the stuff at Target and that kind of thing. But, you know, the provocateurs <laughs> are, are paid by Soros. Go out and tear this place up. You know, we're having a, we're, we're going to have a, a, a riot on Friday night. Y'all are invited. <laughs> and we'll even pay you to come and wreak your havoc. Even more if you get arrested. Yeah. It's insane, but it is, and, uh, you know, right now it's mostly, you know, with a few small exceptions, it's mostly on the East Coast and the Left Coast. Uh, don't have too much in flyover country with the exceptions of, like, uh, you know, certain parts of Illinois and Missouri, uh, but otherwise, not so much, and uh, even those areas are pretty contained. Because the rest of the folks around it got guns and they ain't going to put up with that crap. <laughs> it's just in the cities. But, uh, and then you break down all this, this, these cries for all, you know, they look at all the laws. All these people are dying and all this stuff. Well, you know, the vast majority of crime, especially gun crime in this country, happens in four major, de de you know, Democrat-run cities. The rest of the country, when you subtract those cities out, we are way, 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 way down on the world scale of, of violent crime. And then again, like I said, you know, we are dwarfed. Gun crime is dwarfed by state-sponsored medical crime. You know, the number of people doctors kill every year, 
you know, Bill Gates is applauding them because boy, they're they're doing the best job of wiping people out, and that was before they got them, gave them these toxic things called uh, vaccines. Uh, you know, they just improved their averages. Now they're killing people left and right. Now we have sudden adult death syndrome. Gee, where'd that come from? What are these things that the embalmers are finding when they're trying to, you know, take the blood out and put the embalming, embalming fluid into a cadaver? We can't pump the stuff in because there's this rubbery crap, some kind of clot, whatever, and <laughs> plugging up the vessels. And it's something they've never seen before, and lo and behold, it only shows up in people that had these COVID jabs. Yeah, speaking of which, you kind of illuminated or alluded to it at the tail end of uh, yesterday's show when we didn't get to uh, delve into it. Your thinking is that those pilots of those military jets and planes that crashed a week ago might have been shot up with the coronavirus? The the jabs. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. If they're flying, yeah. they had the shot. Guaranteed. Because anybody that wasn't you know, would either be relieved of their duties or out of the service at this point. They wouldn't be on, they wouldn't be flight qualified, you know. <laughs> and that's the thing. Right now, these things are happening, luckily, on bases where it's pretty much remote area. You know, you go out, you go up in those things and you fly and all you see is desert and dirt and crap. Wait till one of those F-18s falls out of the sky over a populated you know, neighborhood in Southern California or something, you know, then things are going to change. Maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. they can contain it pretty well when it happens on a military base, but when they're off base going from point A to point B and that thing falls out of the sky, there's going to be a little bit different. You know, then the FAA will be involved and they'll have to start digging and I don't know what how they'll cover it up at that point. But that's the thing when you're when you're dealing with like an F A eighteen, there's two, you know generally two guys in the plane, but only one of them's flying. Mm. You know the Rio ain't flight qualified, and he has no flight controls. You know he's sitting in the back watching radar and weapon systems, and that's it. You know he's just along for the ride and the crash if it happens. You know if he doesn't bail out <laughs> in time. Um, but and he's been jabbed too. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I just thought of something. I think the pilot also controls the ejection button, doesn't he? Him, no, him those him. are dual in most oh. planes. Because oh, a lot of times, okay. you know, like in Top Gun, <laughs> uh, Maverick was pinned forward. He couldn't punch out. So Goose had to do it. <laughs> and the last words were, watch out for the canopy. <laughs> Boom. Mm. <laughs> oh, I saw that last shot into a canopy. A That's not going to be good for your neck muscles and brain and bones and stuff. <laughs> no. And your head. No, it is not. No. Uh, I wonder what uh, the legislators are going to say if one of those F-18s falls out of the sky and lands on a grade school. Oh, my goodness. We'll have to have, I don't know, can we have a red flag law to keep pilots out of the cockpit if they've been jabbed? Mm. If that's mm, the case, you won't maybe be any, so. no, there will be no more military pilots. <laughs> yeah, well, Everything will be like grounded. Like Ron White said, seeing as we're doing Ron White-isms today, <laughs> you know, he's on this little plane, they had engine trouble, and the guy next to him had way too much to live for. He was a nervous wreck. He says, how far do you think we can go on one engine? <laughs> Ron White says, all the way to the scene of the crash. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yep, all the way to the ground. <laughs> yep. Good news is we'll beat the ambulance there by 20 or 30 minutes. At least. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would guess California would be pretty high on the list for that happening because all those Air Force bases that used to be remote, mm-hmm. they're they're surrounded by suburbs now. Oh, yeah. and, they're growing um, up more and more. And they're more. huge. <laughs> they're huge. Yep. And uh, yeah. California ain't the only place. You know, you get like uh, um, Pensacola, Florida, same thing there. And, uh, you know, all over. It's going to be a big deal. And it's just a matter of time. You have, you know, when you figure, you know, they've got like a 97% injection rate. And the ones that aren't injected have been either relieved from duty, they're on charges, or they're pending, you know, cycling out one way or another. But everybody's on active duty that's, that's on flight status. They've all been jabbed. And the next two to five years, guaranteed. You're going to have planes falling out left and right because it's it's going to be, you know, what happens on the ground is one thing, but when you get up in altitude, the pressures, the Gs that are being pulled, everything else that's involved in being a, a pilot of a tactical jet like that, it just super concentrates the stresses on the body and just makes those problems more and more and more real and, you know, coming any time. Daryl was talking about how his legs would ache, you know, like from the knee down so much on certain flights that he had take where he'd be stuck in the seat for so long, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be giving these guys updates. You can count on that, right? So boosters worse. Yeah. And right now the, the conservative estimates are as far as the the, uh, commercial pilots, 30%. At least have heart problems now from these things. And those are the ones that have uh, many times come forward and, and had, you know, had physicals that showed it. And the trouble is, is once that happens, they're out of a job because the FAA, FAA regulations won't let them fly if they got heart problems. So just think how many more are not saying anything putting themselves, their flight crews, and their passengers at risk just so they can keep flying and keep a paycheck coming. You know, because virtually everybody who's been injecting you know, and flying, they basically kept their jobs by getting the shots. I doubt there are any commercial airlines out there or pilots out there that haven't had at least one of these jabs, probably more. So, again, just a matter of time before you get to the point where we start seeing planes crashing We've had a lot of near misses, and there probably some been some have that just haven't been reported. Cards. Who's that? Maybe some of them have the fake vax cards. Maybe, um, could be. You know, I know when uh, when this stuff first started, I came across I forget where it was, but I came across blank um, PDFs of. Uh, you know the cdc's vaccine cards and uh, i don't know somehow or another they got downloaded to my computer <laughs> but um you know they're probably still out there and there's probably lots i know i've there have been plenty of reports of people that have made these things up you know people at you know either doctor's offices or other places where you know 
pay for the shot. I'll throw the shot in the trash and write up your card for you <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but, you know, what is it, 2,000 uh, rich people and government people and whatnot in Spain here within the last week or so got caught buying these things. One of them was an executive of a uh, pharmaceutical company. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. You know, I, so. I was I was thinking that Jim, you know, I mean, you really think about it, you, you start to know what this stuff really is as a doctor, right? And you say you got a lot of pregnant women coming through your office. Are you really gonna shoot them with that? Or are you gonna shoot them with saline and dump that crap down the toilet? You know. Well, you would hope. You know, better yet, it's your practice. But nobody <laughs> would know. That would be the thing. There'd be no statistic. There'd be no idea. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case, though, because, you know, there might be a few doing that. But right now, the numbers are 82% of people that have been injected and have miscarriages and late-term spontaneous abortions. Um If they thin the numbers out by having a bunch of people that got saline instead of the real mccoy i don't think we'd be as high as 82 percent maybe we would might be 100 percent otherwise uh, might be just enough to bring it down from 100 you know that wouldn't surprise me um, i think i think that uh, if a doctor was going to do that or if a practice was going to do that everybody would have to be in on it because isn't there a rule that a doctor cannot be in an examination room with a woman uh without a nurse in attendance not that i'm aware of i thought there was i've never heard of it but uh it it would be state to state you know that would be i think it might be only if they're doing like an exam but that is there are some something there but i i'm pretty sure it's only if the doctor's doing an exam a nurse has to be present could be. There's you know, a guy in Indiana like who's but he was a fertility clinic, and he uh, he used his own sperm, and <laughs> and to date they know that he's got over a hundred people with his DNA, and they don't know where the whole thing ends. <laughs> uh, he's got Solomon complex. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, he was using the Bible and that crap to uh, justify what he was doing. <laughs> oh hell yeah, be fruitful and multiply. He took that shit serious. <laughs> uh, he's fruity, all right. Uh, goodness gracious. Speaking of that, and speaking of these jabs, uh, I was going over um, information on the uh, halo stuff that brenda was talking about yesterday i was looking at some of their videos and all the things last night and i came across something i found rather interesting um let me switch over to it uh, see if i can find the thing but basically they had one of the vials they had was one that was for detoxifying and one of the things they had listed in there was um Oh, crap. What's that stuff called now? <laughs> oh, graphene oxide. And uh, I think this is a DTX. Heavy metal and overall systemic detox provides botanical harmonic energy shown effective at removing heavy metal contaminants and other toxic substances from the body. Um, 
I saw another one where it specifically mentioned graphene oxide and graphene hydroxide. And it um, basically enabled the body to um, purge itself of that stuff, which I thought was pretty interesting. I think I'm going to get one of these kits and try it out and see. Um, looked pretty cool. And they've basically taken all these... They had, you know, these different vials that were made up of all the different um, botanical things, and they've uh, basically combined them down into where now there's just two. One to structure your water, and the other one is the AP1 vial. has over 400-plus botanicals, and their combined harmonic frequencies give your body the support. It needs to maintain homeostasis and well-being, and it lists a whole bunch of the different things that have been combined into the one deal. You got wound healing, radiation defense uh, to protect you from like 5G plus uh, if you've had radiation therapy for cancer, uh, parasite defense, oxidation defense, viral defense, <laughs> immune restore, heavy metal detox, uh, aesthetics, breathing uh, for asthma, COPD, stuff like that. Uh, the complete nutrition stuff, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, proteins, and essential fatty acids. Um, longevity defense has a whole bunch of different things, which each one of these things, uh, the individual vials used to be like 800 and some bucks a piece, and it came out to like 25 grand total. And now they've combined it all down into two little vials that you can do like a 15 or 20 second um, session uh, or, you know, less than a minute using this light source that basically you, you drop this vial and in front of the LEDs and then when you turn it on, it goes through and the light, the photons of the light pick up the um, resonant frequencies in the vials and carry it into the body. <laughs> and people have fantastic results with it. But uh, now instead of having to do a treatment with this vial, this vial, this vial, this vial, this vial, this vial, this vial each one at a time, you get it all with just one little vial and it saves you a bunch of time and uh, combines it down so that you know you don't have to worry about it which one to use you just use one thing and it covers virtually everything so it's pretty slick um, and the people that have used these things have had phenomenal results in really short times you know people with cancer cancer goes away people with you know diabetes goes away all kinds of stuff so I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get one of these puppies and uh, keep you updated as to how it goes and where we end up with it. But it, uh, I think that'd be a kind of a neat thing, great thing to have on my boat, um, you know, because out there, got no doctors, thank goodness. Um, you basically got to take care of yourself, and this is one thing that would handle just about all kinds of stuff, really. But uh, it's gonna be interesting to try out. And like Jim, said, yeah, go ahead. Didn't Christ say that? Uh, and I always wondered what he meant by this. That at some point we'll be do we would do greater things than he. Yeah, he did. I'm not sure if he was talking about this particular topic, but <laughs> you know, this basically takes uh, Genesis 1:29 uh, a step further, and instead of having to actually ingest these things and hope your digestive system's working properly and absorbing it, you're getting it at the speed of light, and it basically is right into the cells instantly. So you're bypassing all the 
issues with your digestive tract. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be taking, you know, food and nutrition and things like that, but I think this would be a fantastic add-on. Um, I'll continue to do my longevity supplements, but I think this is something that will really uh, accentuate it and help out. Um, again, it doesn't appear to be like, a, you know, once and done kind of a deal. If, if you know, they're... <laughs> Uh, if you got cancer and the cancer goes away when you're using it, it's not something, okay, well, you can stop now. Because probably, you know, the same things you were doing before that caused the cancer in the first place, you're still doing now, and it'll cause it to come back. And sure enough, we've heard reports of that kind of thing. So you just keep using the thing, and uh, it just, you know, it builds and gets better and better and better. But uh, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how it works out, and we'll give her a shot and see what happens. Um, I'm going to try and get it ordered, uh, today and tomorrow. <laughs> I was at my bank this morning making a deposit and I said, you know, I want to make a, uh, I had a check from the bank where they closed out my other account. And I said, I'm just putting it into this account. I would think that being it's the bank's check, you know, it's good. You know, it should be available instantly like a cash deposit. Nope. You got to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> See, dogs. <laughs> yeah, you're going to use my money overnight, plus the insult of shutting my account down because you guys are idiots. Okay. And then on top of that, I said, I need to place an order with my credit card, and I think the credit card limit's 5000 per day. Is that right? Yeah, usually. I said, can I call somebody? And happen? nope, they won't do that anymore. With all the fraud, they're not going to bump it up. Yeah, you're stuck at 5000 That's great they're so corrupt they don't even trust themselves exactly they know better <laughs> so i have to stretch it out over two days i said charge it this much today charge it this much tomorrow kind of thing and uh but anyway we'll see what happens and uh, i think they have like two or three day shipping so i may have it by the end of the week or you know something like that if all goes well and uh we'll see you know Brenda had great results, you know, just the first couple of days of using the thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it goes. I'm going to use it on my dogs. Um, structure and water is a big thing. And, uh, uh, they can, you know, you can use it on animals for structured water. I, I don't see why you can't use it for other things too. And I'm also going to ask them for a couple of empty vials and see if I can get, a, you know, those. If not, I'll have to track down some the same size. It's no big deal because they're, they're standard things you can get someplace. And I'm going to try putting some of my own stuff in it. You know, there's, there's a big thing about urine therapy. But a lot of people are just grossed out by the thought of drinking their urine or putting it on their body and stuff like that. And I said, hmm, if it has things in it that's good for you, why is it you couldn't put some of this in one of these little vials and use it in the system? So I'm going to give that a try. <laughs> and I'm also thinking, you know, hopefully they've got all the minerals in their system that has the vitamins, minerals, and whatnot. But I don't see why you couldn't take Longevity's plant-derived, liquid plant-derived minerals. Because it's a pretty much a clear, uh, although it's, you know, somewhat brownish in color but it's a clear liquid and you can put some of those in the uh in the little vial and use that too and see what happens this guy was a really good chemist um and somehow he even had to stabilize the uh 
the stuff that he was using, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, urine and things like that would spoil quickly, so you'd have to use them and then redo them, I would assume. Oh, I've got a number of never-ending sores. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I know where I can get it. Every single day, it's made on the premises daily. <laughs> you know what? I took your... Uh, Mighty 90 for the first time in my life. And I first sip I took of that stuff, I had this just calming, beautiful spirit sweep over my body. And then about uh, a half hour later, I took a, a, a pee, and man, that stuff was fluorescent uh, yellow. You yeah, know? that's the B vitamins. And it basically, it's just, you know, your body uses what you use, what you need, and then the rest flush out. And that's just an indication that the system's working. You know, the stuff's going through, and... You know, you're getting what you need, and then you just, you know, a little excess is coming out. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'd rather have a little brighter, more colorful pee than, and be healthy than uh, have plain, you know, you know, look like tap water and, and be sick. You know, 50 cents a day of peed out vitamins, that's, uh, that's cheap insurance. But, uh, you know, who knows? Wow, we've gone the first hour already, just BSing. <laughs> sort of. But uh, it's, it's been interesting, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting one of these things to try, and it's called a halo, and um, I can't remember what he called and what it said it stood for, but it was a pretty interesting name. And um, they've got it down to where you get this really nice little uh, insulated, uh, it's like a pelican-type case. And a battery charger and a little, it's a high-intensity LED light with a special adaptation on the end that basically has the little uh, chamber that you put these vials in one at a time. And then you turn the light on and the light goes through the vials and picks up the frequency, the resonant frequencies of all the different botanical things in there. And uh, supposedly there's pretty much good for you know, until you drop them and break them. <laughs> hence the case and you just got to be careful with it but it's something that will last and last and last and um the idea behind you know sound you know physics i think you know it makes sense completely that the light photons would pick up the vibrations and carry them into the body and um people you know you point the thing at your face your arms you know whatever area of your body that you want to uh um, deal with like if you got an arthritic area or something like that or whatever the case might be just you know point this puppy at it for you know 20 to 40 seconds or so and people have said some you know one person uh, I think Brenda was telling me about last night where somebody was getting this done they were just basically uh, structuring some water for the person and they were you know a ways away and they could feel it already just being in the same room with it <laughs> they could feel things happening in their body and they were starting to detox kind of a deal it's like you know, just like you said samuel where the feeling comes over you and it's like wow i can feel that <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be interesting but uh, i'm very open-minded when it comes to this kind of stuff uh, and i really look forward to playing around with it and uh Again, the, I want to try it on my dogs because with animals, there's no placebo effect. You know, they don't know whether if something works, it works. If it don't, it don't. And um, I got my on Jethro. He's got a couple of little uh, 
you know, fatty tumors, they call them. Basically, he's got them on his chest in a couple of different places. And my wife was talking to the local vet about getting them removed. They wanted to charge like $1,600 for it. You know, the guys we used to work with, you know, that she used to work at, I mean, they'd do it dirt cheap. Now everybody, even the vets, are trying to get in on the high-dollar surgeries just like, you know, uh, the MDs do. But I think it would be interesting to try one of these things and just, you know, point the light at my dog's chest and see what happens. Uh, that along with the structured water, um, see how, if this thing shrinks them or they go away or whatever the case might be, I think it would be fun to try. And uh, same with the horses. You know, we got uh, every once in a while they come up with something weird, like they'll get an infection in one of the hooves or something. You go out there and shine this puppy on their hoof a couple of times a day and see what happens. Hmm. You never know. It might save you know, a lot know, of vet bills. I, I, don't, I wouldn't let them touch my animals because uh, um, the beginning the end of one of my favorite dogs was, uh, he, he was a wolf. He was sort of big and mean looking, so everybody wanted to put him out to, uh, so that they wouldn't get mauled by him but he was a sweetheart right mm -hmm. but that he needed his nails trimmed as he got older because he wasn't he wasn't grinding them off himself and it was difficult to do and we finally made the decision to take him to the vet <laughs> and they just put him down to do the trimming and he was never the same dog and he died shortly after oh man yeah, when you anesthetize a dog to do a toenail trim, there's something wrong. Uh, you know, it's one thing if you're cleaning their teeth, <laughs> but for a toenail trim, good grief. You know, it's a, you know, it's most most vet clinics and even like uh, my wife, like she's a registered vet veterinary technician, she's been doing nail trims on critters for years and years and years. Worst case scenario, you have one person hold the critter and the other person does the trim. But there's no re no reason whatsoever to have to anesthetize an animal to do a nail trim. That's insane. They're just making money. You know, increase the charge of the trim by, you know, 20-fold. That's I was nuts. against it, but, um, you know, and I thought at least they could have, you know, instead of that, used a muzzle if they were afraid of him. I mean, he was that kind of dog. But he, 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 it wasn't his spirit, you know, it, it, he looked bad, but he was a, he was a powder puff, really. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing where, okay, you're the, you're his owner. He knows you, you hold him and keep him calm and whatnot. And they do the nail trim. <clears throat> and if they're any good at trimming nails, they're not going to hit the quick and that kind of thing. And they should be done in no time. That's insane. Well. He's not the kind of guy that uh, lets you do anything to him either. <laughs> anyway, man, uh, we would have had a muzzle him, and well, you know, even that. Hold him. And I wish we would have. You muzzle, you, know? you hold him, you, you do anything the easy you way have out, to it. Gosh, you know? there's no reason to anesthetize an animal to do nail trim. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the things where, you know, regular checkups treatments and things not checkups per se but you know things like that where you start when the when the dog is young and there's a reason for it you know you just do learn how to do the nail trims yourself you do them at home and when they learn when they're young and then they it, they're used to it by the time they're old and a potential danger to somebody it makes it a lot easier that way but you know if you hadn't done that then <laughs> then you got the issues but um 
Yeah, we got him from the pound. So he already had a lot of bad habits. Mm -hmm. And that's why we picked him up because nobody else could handle him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Our our golden, we got, um, he came from a, well, kind of a rescue situation. You know, it was a secondhand person that got him from a breeder that, you know, was kind of weird. It was an Amish breeder, but, um, they didn't do the best job of taking care of the critters, and this dog ended up with a kind of a um, foster group. And we got her when she was, you know, still a pup. And she's been really good for the most part. Um, a little ding-batty, but that's golden retriever for you. Uh, but Jethro, the wonder dog, you know, the red bone coon hound, he came from the pound, and he's just got the, he just loves to run. And I'm sure that's how he ended up at the pound in the first place. He probably just snuck out from his previous owner, went for a run and got snagged and they didn't know where to find him. He ended up at the pound and my friend found him, but, um, he's my 80 pound lap dog, you know, every night, you know, he eventually sooner or later he comes over and he has to climb up on my lap for half an hour, 45 minutes, and he'll turn upside down and take a nap. Um, but, um, you know, we do nail trims and stuff with him and both dogs. You know, they get it on a regular basis because my wife does that. That's the one good thing. The thing I hate is the fact that she takes him to the vet for checkups and and shots and stuff. I keep saying, one of these days, I'm going to get a dog, and the only thing you're going to do is trim his nails. He's not going to the vet. He's not getting any shots, period. And I've been, uh, you know, recently I got to the point where I was reading about uh, rabies in the um, in that book by Tom Cowan, um, the, um, what the heck's it called, the contagion myth. And, boy, I'll tell you what, they hoodwinked people on rabies, <laughs> along with everything else. Um, just an amazing, that, that book is phenomenal. What's they the cover hoodwink? so much stuff that is just pure BS that people have been led to believe. Rabies is a big one. But uh, the number of animals that have been dealt, you know, the the blows of getting these shots and then people that have been given these things, painful injections when they get bit by a dog or something, for no reason at all. Uh, Just insanity because, you know, Pasture and company wanted to be idiots and make a name for themselves. I will (laughs) never, ever give another animal a rabies shot. No. I had uh, um, a perfect in every way um one and a half year old sheltie mm. and uh we took him to the vet and the vet talked my uh girlfriend into giving him a three-year rabies shot Boy. and the seizures started and he suffered with them for till he was about 14 and then he died oh man yeah we had a, I had a dog a couple of years back. Um, I called him a Golden Pyrenees. He looked like a cross between a Golden Retriever and a Great Pyrenees. Beautiful dog. Same, same trouble that Jethro has. Loves to sneak out and run. And along with that, he liked to kill chickens. <laughs> and uh, old uh, Kirby was his name. And he developed seizures oh, probably when he was about seven or eight years old. And start having those things left and right and to the point where he had to put him down um probably from a rabies vaccine 
Um, I have some really good protocols that can be helpful for all these um, issues. Um, the first thing you can do is if you are in a situation where you absolutely have to give a rabies uh, vaccine, which I don't believe in doing, but um, my dog actually also went through vaccinosis with neurological effects, but you can do the Thuya protocol, which is a homo homeopathic remedy, and you do three days before and three days after, and that can um, mitigate the effects of the vaccine. I still wouldn't recommend doing it if you can avoid it, but if you are moving internationally, um, sometimes if you want to take your dog with you, that will be necessary unless you're super creative. Um, another thing is, is that in terms of having your dog's teeth cleaned, um, you can use acupressure um, to keep your dog calm. And if you, it's basically the concept behind the thunder shirt. Um, oh, yeah. But if you put your hand in front of the dog's chest and then you have your, um, the rest of your, your dog under your arm um, so that it's kind of right over their neck, that creates kind of a hug experience and that'll calm them a lot. Um, my dog, I've trained her since she was a puppy. Um, I clean her teeth with some Vets Best um, uh, grapefruit uh, toothpaste, and that has an enzyme in it that breaks down the plaque. And I use an antique all sewing awl, and I'm able to just very quickly, um, in about three to five minutes, clean her teeth because it just chips off um, after you've had that on there a little bit. And she loves the flavor so much that she just sees it as a treat. And another thing you can do is when you're training your dog to um, dry uh, in the bathtub so that you don't get water all over your house because it will shake, correlate the shake command with that when they're shaking and say, you know, good shake, so that if they experience a trauma and they are not resetting their uh, central nervous system by shaking, which is how they naturally do it, they kind of sh literally shake it off. I'm sure you all have seen that. Um, you can actually use that command to help them break out of a um, trauma state. And if you're not trying to use the acupressure point to um, uh, calm them while you're working on them, you can also cup your hands around the front chest and then the back neck to calm them. And I have helped maybe 25 dogs who had serious issues um, switch out of a like angry, you know, biting to like super snuggly love bug mode, which has been really lovely to see. And um, uh, there was one other thing I wanted to share that's, that's really good and I'm drawing a blank on it, but um, those things are really helpful um, for, not putting your, you know, dog under anesthesia. And, um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is the dog we had before was a rescue and she was a Doberman and she had serious issues. But if I sang opera to her in the shower, when I was giving her a bath, she was totally cool with it. She loved opera. So, um, dogs really <laughs> respond to music. <laughs> really interesting. They get the, they get the whole frequency thing. And so, um, you can also use music to help with um, oh, yeah. uh, some 
issues with animals. And that can be really, really fascinating. And um, uh, another thing that I really love to share with people is that if you, um, and I think this group is really aware, so I, I feel like maybe it's not necessary to say, but maybe maybe there are some people who haven't had pets yet. But if you really look for how your dog is communicating to you and look for your dog's intelligence, you will actually um, foster and um, honor and curate the intelligence with your dog because your dog is constantly trying to communicate with you in really creative ways. It's usually the dumb humans that aren't paying attention to what they're saying. Yep. And um, the level of communication I have with my dog is is phenomenal. So like she, she knows, um, the difference between grass and, um, sidewalk left, right. Um, and she also understands full sentences like that. She, she, I can tell she understands grammar. Um, because one time I, I said to her, she was about to pee next to this homeless guy in the park. And I said, Leela, don't pee there. It's not polite, you know? And, she looked at, she was just ready to squat and she looked at me and she ran across a hundred yards away to the other hill and squatted immediately there. And, um, I've had all kinds of amazing experiences with her. And I, I just, I, I'm so in love with like discovering what she can communicate. So she also likes the cell phone and will actually, uh, kiss the cell phone when her favorite people are on the calls and stuff. So it's been really fun to see how she, you know, goes beyond what we traditionally think of. Anyway, I don't want to take a whole call with my dog and my dog. I got a question. Do, do you have uh, uh, an equivalent to say a Dr. Tenpenny when it comes to uh, animals and vaccinations and what you might get, what you should absolutely stay away from, et cetera? Um, there is a vet in the East Bay, and unfortunately, I think I've packed her book, but it's a book on acupressure for dogs. Let me Google it, and I'll put it in the chat if I can find it. Um, it's kind of a very charmingly illustrated book. You can actually do phone consultations with her, and um, she... Like when I, I think I actually contacted her during the vaccinosis issue. Um, she didn't even charge me. She was really just like a total sweetheart. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but what I would do is uh, see if, if you are in that situation, sometimes there's, you know, wink, wink um, situations so that you could um, inspire, if you know what I'm saying. Um to avoid that altogether. Or if you have a dog that you need to revaccinate, um, you uh, could effectively do a tighter test and see if that will be accepted in lieu of, um, because it is cumulative and it can, you know. You know, I, 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 I grew up on a farm and we had a lot of animals and there were really no vaccinations given to any of them, but the dogs definitely died of what they said was distemper. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I don't know the answer to that with any sort of confidence. Um, so 
I am sorry that, uh, like, I think the distemper might be one worth having, but I don't, I don't know for sure. So I'm sorry okay. that I can't. Thank you. More sure. Thanks, Victoria. Yeah, <laughs> dogs and, and even cats <laughs> are pretty intelligent, and you just have to be flexible with them and open. Um, our dogs are very, you know, they both communicate in different ways. Ziva, the retriever, she just comes up and sits there and stares at you. <laughs> like, read my mind. Jethro, on the other hand, he looks at you and you ask him, you want to go outside? And he immediately will grab a toy and start shaking it. That's his answer for yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's crazy how... Uh, different dogs, different cats, you know, do different things and respond in different ways. But, you know, just being open to what they're trying to tell you and looking at you and stuff. Uh, little things, facial movements, you know, appear, you know, just uh, eye and ear positions, all kinds of things will, you know, clue you into what they're trying to get across to you. But we, uh, we communicate quite well. Jethro and I communicate a lot better than Ziva and I do. She just looks at me like... I can't believe you don't figure out what I want. Your <laughs> look is never changing. <laughs> yeah, well, telepathy. Uh, you know, she's a female, he's a male. Women expect males to read their minds, and I just can't do that with mama, and I can't do that with the dog either. <laughs> uh, One thing you might want to try with um, Ziva is um, if you look in into her eyes for a really long time not in the way where it's like a stare off but like just gentle communication mm -hmm. um you'll find that a lot of intuitive information starts coming to you and i have a friend who is a master reiki healer and yogi and he actually communicates with my dog in a really beautiful way and he puts his head right up to hers and they have like this pineal gland connection thing that's just really beautiful to watch how they interact and um that's something mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to exploring further with her um but yeah they're they're just so amazing i am so sorry i can't seem to find this book i'm gonna go to my shelf and see if by any chance i didn't pack it but i think i did but it's it's i think it's a ring binder book and it's bright yellow with illustrations so if you Oh, maybe I'll go to Amazon and see if I find it there, just because their search engine is pretty good, even if they're evil. All right. Well, while you're looking for that, uh, Merlin, the Sheltie that I had that um, started having seizures after the rabies shot, he and I had this real interesting communication. And, uh, and I know exactly what you mean about sounds, because... Uh, my computer room used to be adjacent to my home theater room and there was a couch in the home theater room. And what he would do is he would get up on the couch, stand on the seat with his paws on the back of the couch and he'd look at me and I'd say, do you want music? And he'd give a little yip. And that was his signal to me that he wanted me to put on some music that he could lay on the couch and listen to. And his favorite was uh, Celtic Woman, uh, re-encoded to 432 hertz. Hmm. He would lay on his back 
with his feet splayed four points to the compass and he would just sleep there and as soon as the music ended he would wake up and he would jump down <laughs> if he wanted to go outside i would ask him you want to go outside and he would give a little yip standing next to me if he was yeah. hungry if he was hungry he would walk up and he would lick his lips he'd lick his chops mm -hmm. and i'd say Are you hungry yeah. he'd give a little yip and um it, it was just, it was crazy, the communication that I had with that dog. And I miss him. I miss him a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, People have no um, idea what it's like to lose a pet if they've never had one. I hate calling them pets because they're just, they're a member of your family, more so than most humans. Yeah. I I trained Leela, um, so I didn't have kids, and my dog has five names. I, I took up. You know my that issue on her she has a really long name it's uh pretty funny but she um i i found this uh music you know like a baby's music plush toy and i bought it for her because partly because it was made with organic materials but it had a plastic ring on it you know that a kid would normally play and it's like a puppy dog and you play and it plays music and I actually taught her how to pull the string so that she could play the, um, you know, music box that's in that oh, uh, whenever cute. she wanted. And she still, every once in a while, will will pull it and and play music when she wants to hear some. And uh, it's just kind of a funny thing that it wasn't it like I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm gonna. It just sort of happened by accident because of the organic materials, but. Um, yeah, they're just so amazing. I did find the book, and I'm going to um, uh, put it in the chat. So it's by Cheryl Sh Schwartz, and she's in the Bay Area, and um, and uh, quite lovely. It's called uh, Natural yeah. Healing for Dogs and Cats A to Z. Yeah. And it's been a while since I've looked at it, but it had some really great information. But I, I can't remember the exact details, but I, I really felt like it was worth the investment so cool um, pull it up on my computer so fantastic yeah gotta love animals they're you know even our horses <laughs> little apache he's uh, he's a miniature cute little guy one blue eye one brown eye a little black and white paint and he follows you around like a dog honey the <laughs> our uh, quarter horse She's a Palomino, and she's a dingbat. <laughs> I call her Miss Piggy. Uh, but, uh, you know, even even horses, you know, you get to know their little idiosyncrasies, personalities, and things. And they understand what you're saying. Uh, a lot of times they don't do what you're saying, but they know what you mean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, animals are, are wonderful, you know things that God gave us to as companions, so to speak. And uh, the dog, you know, when they say man's best friend, there's no question. With all deference to cat people, I've got a couple cats, but, you know, cats look at humans as their servants. <laughs> Dogs look at humans as their buddies. And uh, there's, well. there, there's a connection there. It's it's been said that cats can understand up 
and respond to up to 250 unique phrases. They just just choose choose not to. Yeah, uh, and that that reminds me of a uh, of a joke about dogs. Um, if you want to know who your best friend is, uh, lock your dog and, <laughs> yeah, your, and your wife girlfriend in the trunk of the car. <laughs> yeah, and open it fifteen minutes later. The one see which happy one's to happy see, to see you. That's your best friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh yeah, I tried that once. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, no, probably not. My my cat and I have, uh, um, she definitely knows when I'm upset with her and she knows to, to get out of my face, but she comes over, I'm sitting in the chair, I'm playing with the computer, she'll come up, she'll come up next to me and she'll just dig one claw, not the whole foot, not the whole mm. paw, just one claw into my calf. And I say, okay, show me what you want. She will turn around and she will start walking toward the other room. And she will stop and wait for me to get up and follow her. And then she'll go a little further around the corner and she'll wait until she sees me. Then she'll go up to her dish and she'll plant her butt right in front of her food dish. Mm-hmm. She's hungry. So, so I feed her and I never see her again for two, three hours afterwards because she's sleeping it off. Yeah. Oh, man. Mine. Boy, weasel. <laughs> funny how animals pick their own names uh this cat we basically the neighbor it showed up on their front step several years ago in the winter time and they were getting ready to go to arizona for the winter and they says they call me and says hey can you guys uh, take care of this cat for the winter and then we'll get her once we come back well somehow or another she's still here with us <laughs> but um yeah this cat is Somehow my cat, my wife keeps saying, I have no clue why that cat likes you. And I said, I don't either, because Lord knows I do everything I can to discourage it. <laughs> I'll just look at her and says, you're just about ready for the walk. <laughs> no, but uh, she'll crawl up and climb up in my lap and take a nap. And she'll start stretch every once in a while. She'll open those paws up and you see the little claws come out. And it's like, don't you dare. <laughs> I don't need those things stuck in my leg. But uh, when I feed the dogs, then she'll come in, jump up on a little thing where, you know, her food is kept on the other side. Because Eva will, if if, it, if the cat food's not barricaded, because it's down all the time. And Ziva will go and dig through everything she can to try and get to the cat food and eat it, too. So, but the cats will just eat a little bit, and then there'll be some in their bowl. And she'll sit there and whine and whine and whine until I take what's there and dump it back in the big container and then scoop out fresh stuff for her. <laughs> she doesn't want the old stuff. She wants new stuff, even though it's coming from the same place. Uh, and then she's happy. I put it down there, and she'll, you know, eat the stuff and go away and then come back later. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they are all they all have their little idiosyncrasies, their, their little things. And it's it's fun to watch. And uh, even, even with the cats, you know, life is better with them than without them. Um, Although, like I said, I've never really been a cat person. I kind of got forced into it when we got a barn. You know, when you have a barn, you have to have a barn cat. Apparently, that must be the rule, at least somewhere written in my wife's head. And the first one we ended up with was Harry. Harry was a cool cat. Um, there was just something about him. that he, I liked that cat. He was more like a dog. But um, uh, he's uh, gone on to the Happy Hunting Grounds uh, several years ago. 
but now we have uh, weasel and <laughs> and juniper. Juniper came to us from a humane society as a barn cat, and shortly after we got her, she disappeared, and um, she was gone for probably a month or so, and we figured, well, something must have happened to her, and all of a sudden, she shows back up, and I'm playing with her one day, and I notice, I said, hey, wait a minute, didn't she have front claws? My wife says, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, she don't have them anymore. Apparently, when she disappeared, she went to somebody else's house. They took her in and had her front claws removed. And the second she got a chance, she bolted from there. And that cat has never left our area. <laughs> she doesn't move our, go out of our yard anymore. She knows better. She's afraid she'll lose the back ones the next time. But um, she came back. Yeah, she came back as soon as she could. She got out of there. So I ain't going back to that place. They do weird things to you. It's like being abducted by aliens. But, um, you know, Weasel doesn't go too far. She'll end up over in the next-door neighbor's yard doing stuff, looking at, you know, hunting and whatnot. But she stays pretty close to home. And But somehow or another, the barn cats seem to be in the house more than the barn for some reason. You haven't figured that one out yet. Because they're we cats. Have we had one show up out of the wilderness, just walked up to my friend and immediately made a bond with him, had, had been with us ever since. And we ended up naming the cat Nimrod, uh, <laughs> short for the Mighty Hunter, right. <laughs> because this cat was the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was patient. He would wait for the birds. He'd hang underneath a bench and he'd jump six seven eight feet in the air and do all these flip flops and this and that and grab a bird right and one day uh he jumped on a turkey's back and the turkey took off with him man if i had a video of that i i bet you i'd have some of the highest hits on youtube ever oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the funniest thing he finally realized he freaked out when he was getting too far off the ground to bail right <laughs> But he could run up and down trees. I don't know how I did it. He didn't. He wasn't afraid of falling, and just an amazing animal. Yeah, they land on their feet most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty wild. My goodness, this has been an interesting show. We've had all kinds of topics today, and it's been pretty good. It's always always interesting. You never know for sure what what's going to come up. That's one of the interesting things, uh, you know, variety is the spice of life. And uh, critters are handy to have around. Uh, this Eva was up here earlier. She, I don't know where she went to. I think uh, they're probably over in the other room. Got a bed over there in the guest room. And uh, Jethro will come up here and hang around for a little bit. Then he'll go climb up on the bed until it's time to go down for dinner. And uh, there's one other um, thing that I meant to mention for um, any neurologically injured dogs, especially from the vaccine, um, is mm -hmm. that you can massage along their spine. And that's really good for their central nervous system and just kind of creating a healing channel for them. So I don't know too many details about it, but I do have seen it, you know, be very helpful. So uh, if any of you have that issue with your dog or cat, you might want to try that. Cool. 
That's always good to know. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of holistic things that, and there's a lot for parent for for animals that people just don't realize, and it's a shame when you have people that you know want to do the best they can holistically for themselves and their family, but somehow or another, when it comes to the family fur children, they end up at the equivalent of the American Murder Association. And it's a sad situation where so many things that animals deal with, I honestly believe if it wasn't for for the veterinary community, you know, basically becoming like junior MDs, uh, animals would live a whole lot longer and a lot happier. And, you know, nothing is more, you know, to, to watch an animal when you have to take them to a vet that is probably, you know, the least favorite place for most dogs and cats. You know, that's all there is to it. They just don't like those places. And I don't blame them. You know, cold stainless steel tables they get stuck up on and they get poked and prodded and things stuck up their butts and everything else. You know, why would you want to go there? And I still say that euthanasia at a veterinary office is worse for a dog than just taking them out for a walk and popping them in the back of the head when they're not looking. <laughs> you know, it sounds cruel, but they're doing something they enjoy with their favorite person in the world. And then all of a sudden the lights go out compared to a traumatic ride in the car that most of them don't care for then they get stuck on that cold stainless steel table they get their legs shaved and a you know a band rip put around it and a needle stuck in their arm so to speak that to me doesn't seem very good and they know so they're stressed during that whole period yeah agree most of the time they're shaking they they know something's up they may not know what it is, but it don't sound good. Why shave legs? Well, just so they can get a good clean shot at the vein or the uh-huh. artery that they're going to stick the needle in. You know, it's it's fairly unnecessary if the person is good with a needle. But, you know, the last couple that we've uh, had done, especially if it's cat because they're small to start with, but... Uh, our last golden retriever, uh, Chloe, we had to put down about two years ago, and they shaved her leg just in the area where the artery was where they were going to put the needle in. And uh, they know something's up, and they're not liking it. Uh, and I honestly believe, you know, as long as they're able to move and take a walk or whatever or you just go out in the backyard with them and just you know and just spend time with them pet them and love on them and all that good stuff and a lot of times they get that way too because they're sensing something from us mm-hmm. yeah because we aren't the happiest doing that oh no but just the same i still think uh, overall it would be a lot more comfortable and a lot more peaceful than, than everything involved in going to the vet Ugh. I just hate the thought of it, you know, and I've had, we've had to do that numerous times. When you've had as many as six dogs in a house at one time, uh, you go through this stuff more often than you care to. 
I've got, well, I can't see them right now because of all the crap piled on the bed behind me, <laughs> but I've got several boxes that are doggy bits, you know, from uh, cremated dogs that just the ones that I had that are stacked up over there. A um, couple that showed up from a backyard breeder. Uh, this idiot was breeding Rottweilers and Dobermans together. And I, uh, right after we moved into this house, we were having our barn and fence put up. And I noticed that underneath one of the trucks of the guys that were doing the work on our barn, there's this little dog. And I said, do you guys have a dog out here? Nope. And this, this dog, it was, I, I call them Doberweilers. Um, she was a sweet dog. And we coasted her out, and she had a bullet hole in the top of her head where the guy had obviously shot her with like a 25 auto or something and didn't have the brains to shoot straight on. So instead of going straight into the skull, it just ricocheted along the top and then came back out. So she had a pretty good, you know, headache and abscess going on where he was just trying to get rid of a dog that, you know, he didn't think was proper, you know, for whatever he was doing. And, uh, she became Seiko, the watchdog. <laughs> and, uh, we got her cleaned up and patched up and everything. And we had her for a number of years, just a really good dog. Uh, and then a few years later, neighbors come up to us and said, Hey, you missing a dog? And I, one, two, three, four, five, six. Nope. They're all here. <laughs> and I walked down there and said, we got this dog that won't let us in our house. And, uh, so I go down there with them and walk into the garage and here's this looks like the spinning image of Seiko only she's instead of black and tan she's a red and tan and uh this little dog is just you know like a little buzzsaw and I squat down and pull a biscuit out of my pocket and hand it to her and the next thing you know she's licking me and everything and I slip a little uh, nylon leash around her neck and walk her out and people are standing there with their mouths hanging wide open I said you guys must be cat people uh-huh <laughs> So I walk her home and she became Taz <laughs> because she was a, she was smaller than Seiko, but she was just a little crazy dog and found out after a while she became very, very possessive and would just out of the clear blue attack one of the other dogs uh, just because they were closer to one of us than she was. And we said, nope, that's not good. So uh, Seiko became no more because she was to the point where you couldn't trust her around anybody, anything. And, uh, you know, we considered taking her someplace where she could be with a single family. But even that, you know, if they got kids or something, there's no telling what she'd do. And not knowing her uh, history, uh, she went to doggy heaven. But, uh, yeah. It, it, our area became a dumping ground for this idiot and thank goodness uh he apparently got out of the business or somebody put one in his head or something i don't know but uh that was the last one that showed up out where we are but just some strange people out there doing breeding and that kind of junk and the way they choose to you know get rid of the less than desirable ones it's weird but anyway, so I got doggy bits everywhere, and my wife has even more. Um, one, mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Victoria. Um, 
One thing I might add is um, if you have kids that, you know, if you're taking your dog out into nature and, and doing that, um, I would really not recommend doing it with kids. Um, I think my dad thought it would be like a life lesson type of thing and make me mm. tough. Uh, <laughs> it broke my heart. Yeah. Um, and to this day, you know, and also I, I felt like she had at least another year or two in her. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just uh, I don't recommend that at all. Just from my personal experience, it, it oh. just really broke my heart. And it put oh, a, yeah. it put a distance um, between my father and I that I don't think was ever recovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, something that I would never do with a child. Um, even a teenage one, I, you'd really have to know the the mentality and sensibilities of the individuals involved before I'd even consider that. But a child especially, no, definitely not. Um, they don't need to see that kind of stuff. They're going to see that in their life as I, time goes on, you know, <laughs> but they don't need it in a family with a loved one and a pet. Uh, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually see it. I heard it and mm -hmm. I, and I knew, you know, and that um, was re really in a way just as bad because we were in this uh, Canyon and the Ooh. acoustics of the shot were just right. really intense. And, um, it's one of those indelible uh, yeah. memories. So um, I I figure it's probably fairly obvious to most people, but some people think, oh, you know, learn how to how to. But when it's when it's an animal you have a really close relationship with, I, I think you know some distance. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a deer, the kid doesn't know if you want to. I, I think he just didn't make that distinction, and so yeah. anyway. Yeah, that would not be good. I can, I can understand where you're coming from there for sure. But, um, you know, hopefully none of us will have to do any of that anytime soon. But, you know, thank goodness we've got several years. You know, at least the, with Chloe, we got a good two and a half years more than we ever have. Most of our goals have never made it beyond 13 and we got 15 and a half out of her, and I think it was just the longevity supplements and the structured water she was getting uh, that the others hadn't gotten. And I think that made a big difference for her. And uh, she was a wonderful dog. Just absolutely wonderful. And uh, she's in a little box downstairs now. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, my wife wants to have them all, you know, buried with her. <laughs> her casket is going to be twice as heavy as normal. <laughs> all these little cans of doggy bits that are going to be in there. I don't even know if the funeral home and the graveyard will let you do that. But uh, who knows? Uh, I've never, I don't know what the deal is with that kind of thing. My 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 friend just had a... About two months ago, had a cat put down. We, we got them together in the pound. Uh, two totally different personalities, but they liked each other and they played together and stuff. Mm -hmm. One was called Oscar. One was called Felix. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the odd couple. The odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we saved the other one. They were going to probably put him down the next day. And uh, when she took him to the vet locally, 
The damn vet called it an emergency and charged her $1,500 to put the cat down. That's insane. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Want to hear some cat stories? Go ahead, Mer. <laughs> well, I came out here in 2008, and, uh, of course, it was a nice, brutal winter, but I knew there were going to be uh, eight cats coming out here in 2009 to live out their days. And cats from New Jersey. And uh, one of them is in my avatar in the Chitango. She was Miss Silky. She grew into her name. She was an alley cat in Philly. But um, so the last one of these uh, walked on uh, May 3rd, 2018. She was 24. But that winter, 2009, there was this orange cat, big orange cat that had been case in the joint for months it would come around the campfire at night under the chairs and you know and just sit at the edge of field and watch and once these cats were here and it heard all the you know sweet talk all the time <laughs> it couldn't stay away so after about two feet of snow i think it was bunking with um with a raccoon in the culvert you know there's hardly a level space here and it was at the end of the easement coming down that where there's a culvert but anyway, so he came up and demanded to be part of the family. And uh, so cute, too. And he right away selected his mentor, which was uh, Benson. Children had named, we had all these cats in the 90s. It was a little out of control down there in New Jersey. And <laughs> 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 but uh, it was Benson. But I always, you know, tack on a few more names. Like T.S. Eliot said, they cats should have three names at least, right? So. Yeah, only got Benson nine lives, so why not? Yeah, right. Benson Baby Bearcat. So he was the mentor for Fraud. And Fraud got his name. He chose it because someone tried to name him Frosty. And he'd look the other way and put his ears back. He didn't like to hiss in the middle. He's a wildcat. Hmm. <laughs> and besides, it's more fun to make your human beings look foolish, right? Oh, yeah. So his name's Fraudy. And hmm. uh, he's the only one now. And he is such a good cat. Just called him Mouse. Yesterday or today, in here, and he's caught a couple bunnies outside, and uh, he caught a 10-pound one. He's he's about 20 pounds. He caught a, about a 10-pound one a couple of years ago. He was, jumped up on the uh, deck with it. That's only about 30 inches up, but the rabbit was still alive, and it gave a you know kangaroo punch, I guess, and knocked them both back down again, but he got a good grip and jumped back up again, and... <laughs> You know, he's always trying to bring them inside. I won't let him bring them inside, but <laughs> oh, yeah. we can get away from them in here or something, you know. But yeah, so I love the animals. But I posted a link here in the chat, too, that if you haven't seen this, you really need to. Even if you've seen it, you need to see it again about Diablo becoming spirit. Mm-hmm. You've seen that? No, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, animal communication, you know. Telepathy, it just sounds kind of, uh, okay, whatever, you know. But we're doing this all the time. We're communicating with each other on all kind of levels all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot of it's nonverbal, and a lot of it you don't even realize at the time. Yeah, and like uh, The Secret uh, Life of Plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just finishing that book up before I had my my son. And, uh, and you know, it doesn't matter where they are in the world. They'll respond to the thoughts. Mm-hmm. of their owner it's That's amazing wild. so we have that ability and and like you're saying we'll do more than jesus christ did and 
and you know, some people argued with me and said, oh, that was just his apostles that he was telling that to. I don't think so. Mm-mm. No, because it's needed in these times, you know. Oh, yeah. As time winds down because there will be so much evil that does things, too. They'll do signs and wonders, you know. So mm-hmm. we do the counterbalance. But we do this all the time if we just allow ourselves to. Yep. I'm still trying to get my head around that whole turning water into wine thing. I want to figure out how to do that. <laughs> well, I think you have to be the, the fully man, fully God guy to do that, maybe. Yeah, that's, oh, a, that's a different deal. <laughs> you know, say it, we it do wasn't more really miracles. wine, it was grape juice, you know? Yeah. I just had a sip of Concord grape juice. You know, that's just as good. Some people say, oh, you should have a glass of wine. We don't have to be wine. Concord grape juice, it has resveratrol and polyphenols in there. And mm-hmm. my family, the children always had four-ounce glass every day, and we had a six-ounce glass. And sometimes it was all together and looked like a little wine-tasting party. But, you know, <laughs> definitely good. Wards off a lot of things. Yeah. Yep. And whatever I had with this throat, this is that was the first time. I've been sick in decades, and it just came on so suddenly. Uh, so I think it was a combination of things, but pretty much gone now. So, how much time do you spend outside? Oh, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, it's stuff they're spraying. No, no. Uh, it was it was when I went to get it was running back and forth getting the computer and stuff, and I think it maybe some shed on stuff on the uh, door lever or whatever. It could be, but um, I definitely know that they're spraying us. So. Oh, yeah, there's stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff going on. But it's especially over municipalities, I think. And, and I mean, it's a documented fact. They were spraying um, lithium over Oregon a few years ago. Mm-hmm. All right. You think you might have heard me, but uh, in the middle of that COVID thing, I got I got one of the worst symptoms I really had was a sore throat to the point where I couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. It was it was really quite raw, and I took uh, some of the living clay, the powder. I didn't mix it into a paste or a liquid, and I sprinkled that on there directly as far back as I could get it, and I just let it sit there for as long as I could without trying to swallow and stuff, and it took the soreness away immediately. Yeah, well, my throat wasn't real sore, but it did affect my voice, but a uh, uh, cough, a lot of hard coughing, and almost like a bronchial thing and but uh the main thing was to get a lot of rest and drink a lot of water and then the next thing i did was extra vitamin c and uh you know if i needed d3 but i go out in the sun so i can save my d3 tablets you know every chance i get so but the thing that really helped was the oregano uh p73 the oregano oil oh yeah american air spice uh yeah you can get it there i bought it from um, Amish store actually. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of neat stuff here. Yeah. And one time Amish store I brought home two nice big metal bowls. Uh the ones I guess a couple gallons and the others twice that or more. And uh just as soon as I came in the door with it, the cat demanded it to be his water dish, the two gallon one. <laughs> Must drink a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he just liked it. Maybe it been familiar with the dogs like a bathtub somewhere or something but it because he had a nice big blue bowl and different places he'd get water but uh 
And being a wild cat, he would, you know, there was a leaky faucet at one time, and that was where that was his go-to place. He he knew moving water, fresh water, was safe. Mm-mm. My cat insists that I dump out and fill her bowl twice a day. <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> it's you know, the law. all these other cats I had that died. They uh, we all made a pact. You know, the chickens and the cats and I. And I've had dogs and everything before too, but no debt and no doctors, no veterinarians. Okay. Now mm-hmm. a lot of people they'll want to take their pet be- because of the children. They'll say they don't, you know, want to see them suffer and all that. But I let them each go through their death throes. However, it was some went a lot easier than others. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was pretty pretty interesting to see the personality personalities. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I hate to do it, but. <laughs> We've run out of time. Thank you. I appreciate everybody today and all the input and the different talk things about pets and everything. It's been a good show. And uh, I just want to thank everybody. Uh, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Take care and have a great day. God bless. Thank you, Sarge.